Yo, not gonna lie, this sound gets me hard as a fucking rock. I'm afraid so, Brad, but isn't it nice? Hello, you're listening to Everybody Wants to Love You. It's a podcast about love and sex and it features me, Nicole O'Connor, and my boyfriend, Garrett Stack. That's me. <laughs> you're just listening to our wonderful theme tune by Patrick Carolyn. Paddy Carolyn, he gigs around Dublin. Find him, seek him out, kiss him on the face. He's usually single. And if you want to reach out to us, it's everybodywantstolovepod at gmail.com. And you can also, if you search Everybody Wants to Love You on Linktree, or just go to Love You Pod on Linktree, if you know how to type it in, it's a weird URL, then you can find links to all of our different Instagrams and past episodes and our yeah. discord which has uh, two silent people and us we love you we <laughs> <laughs> don't love them what? don't even like them we um, don't know them we could love we them we could love them let's hope we don't love them I don't want to get into a quad even... relationship with, with discord people no offence discord okay men. well now no one's going to join the discord <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the only reason to did you hook up with you we are not alone today we are joined by we have a silent man sitting across from us in a magnificent sailor outfit it, <laughs> it is our friend Ro and he is here to discuss his specialist topic the subject about which he knows more than any living human and that is drugs specifically riding and drugs and relationships uh, okay yeah I, I won't I guess I won't deny any of that we, we thought the way Gareth initially characterised me and in the intro of the episode might you know require some clarification but he kind of nailed it yeah <laughs> drugs and riding and sailing a bit of sailing as well sailing. my kink outfit is just a big sailor outfit apparently. it's you should see it it's it's a crotchless uh, <laughs> sailor moon with a stocking with it with it with a powerful cape as well there's a there's a strong superhero element and you know the way sailor moon always had the accessories as well you know they'd have like the different like the all the different moods. accessorized accessorized shout out Hugh Cooney um <laughs> Yours is like a dildo. If you notice on TikTok, we were talking about TikTok before we got on, that yeah. there's this thing where people are, maybe it's just the TikTok that I see, where they're like, when you sit down and you forget you have a plug, it's like some cute girl and she's like, just Ooh. some like relatable nonsense. Like, I don't know how relatable that is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's you forget my... you have a plug. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess for some people it's relatable. Certainly, yeah, yeah. certainly for some of our listeners, you probably have a plug in you right now. That's like my a, dream. Sorry. My dream is <laughs> <laughs> to get someone off with my creamy voice. I do want to know, like, if anyone has been turned on listening to the podcast. Why do you want to know? They probably have. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that. Because uh, you, wrote, you I, I wish to I was it. as excitable as that. I think, yeah, I wanted to say, actually, once we were rolling, I wanted to say, like, I'm pretty psyched, to, to be honest. Ah. I, I'm, I was really impressed, quasi blown away by how, how good the episodes are. Not that I doubted you guys, but you're really, really uh, That's so funny, lovely. intelligent, thoughtful, oh. sweet people. Let me kiss your ass right back. Uh, <laughs> Ron is one of the most interesting and intelligent people I've ever talked to about anything and has a cornucopia of uh, of esoteric wisdom about everything from drugs to music to esotericism to cameras. That doesn't narrow down his secret identity as his real name. <laughs> Anyone who could possibly know me definitely already knows who's who I am. But anyway, let's not let's not make that a big thing. It's like... <laughs> Don't dox me, Discord people. <laughs> Actually, I was gonna say on the topic of like having like a you know hopefully someday a Discord stalker. Mm-hmm. Did you you should read about the story of uh, there was like a really popular e girl or whatever. I guess she was like a streamer or something. And yeah, I said what there was a really popular oh, e girl no. streamer who had her own big Discord full of like I guess basement dweller dudes, and uh, one of them was like dating her. Wait, like e- e-dating or... No, like I think he in person was going and like he was kind of riding her, dating her, whatever. I don't think they were like, of course, it would never be an official like relationship on 
they would never put it online because right, right. she's an e-girl she's got to have that <laughs> she must be, like yeah. facade of you know availability maybe yeah. but he murdered her and posted pictures in the discord and was like oh you happy now everyone yeah she, I, i'll send you a link to read about it it's pretty nuts like very, that that is horrendous first of all 2021 shit but also, <laughs> also like i just i like that the same person was charismatic enough to actually pull the e-girl yeah. whose oh, discord he, he was on and also mad enough to kill her that's a strange combination you yeah because he seemed he seemed i think i like saw a couple pictures of him or something and he seemed like a reasonably eligible dude but just also was a psycho just yesterday i was talking to someone and i realized i've known at least at least two murderers oh wow which is fucking really crazy crazy. like proper horrible murders as well like yeah like like premeditated kind of shit rather than the murderers you you knew two murderers and also at least one murder victim who was killed by one of the murderers i want one of them i won't go into because people who i who i know and who are close to the murderer actually might listen Mm -hmm. um but it's a kind of well-known case in in dublin but the other one is uh, even more well-known, Rainid Murray, who I was in school with, and she was brutally murdered on her way home in 1999 from... Uh, and they never found, actually. Never yeah. found the guy, but I'm almost entirely sure I know who did it. I think I was reading about that recently. Yeah, yeah. and there was all sorts of suspects along the lines of, oh, there was a guy she was chatting to, arguing with after the club. Yeah, see, this is the issue with the whole... It wasn't investigated properly. The police did that. They did that kind of... She was seen with this person, that person. Mm. Not, these are three people who are obsessed with her, two of whom are violent, one of whom was in a mental institution. This is the kind of thing where you, you, you start to think, okay, these yeah. guys who disappeared after her death, maybe one of one of them is now a... <sighs> he has he has the kind of occupation that a serial killer would have in a, in a foreign country that is very far away from here. The other one... Um, I gotta know what that is, but we can tell you after. <laughs> yeah. the, the other one, I, I think, is in a mental institution and, and had a collection of swords and many of them had bloodstains. Yeah, yeah. People are going to be like, why don't you do a podcast about that? And I mean, you can't. In Ireland, you can't. You can't, you can't do anything libelous yeah. or... So we have a whole variety of things we want to hit on today. We and do. let's let's not like, we're not going to go through it in any kind of academic way, but we're just going to talk around the topics. I have to say, Ro, Ro brought basically all the notes. Uh, he, he, his, he's applied his research brain and we haven't had to do any prep, which is good because we were out last night. I haven't slept for two days and we're both absolutely kaboshed. Yeah. And I have to say as well that if we sound weird, it's because we are in Nicole's mother's granny flat talking into a blue yeti ronan's on his own mic we yeah. have some backup system going on it's probably going to sound terrible don't judge us please just blue, enjoy blue the yeti is also a mic just so people know <laughs> um, yes. it could be a sex toy but it, it's, it, it is could a mic. be an actual animal from the depths of nepal that we've recovered and really speaking to right now and then it <laughs> repeats it back onto the internet i mean it could be a sex toy i've seen i've seen people i've seen it porn. sounds like the name of a sex toy to me like, it does you know, doesn't you it rampant rabbit your blue blue yeti blue you've yeti. seen someone sit on a blue yeti no but stuff comparably this this thick this is nothing have you seen the girl with the dragon dildos yeah this is like have you oh, seen yeah. this there's a girl on twitter i might have seen yeah you've seen it <laughs> and her thing is like she's quite diminutive she's a small ginger girl and her thing is vastly girthy and i mean three foot long uh w- more than one meter long um mm-hmm. uh, dildos much of which she is able to somehow accommodate despite the fact that it stretches to her esophagus uh, it's horrifying but also delightful <laughs> I think my uh, style is to just see that and be like, nah, it's fake. Optical illusion. You can see the strings. <laughs> you, you can't cope. Well, you can't yeah. distort. You're not going to get me. You're not going to excite me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know the way well you can do that you can like bloat the like screen maybe maybe you could like do a track and it's I, like stretching that's just wishful thinking <laughs> this is this woman has a vagina which is uh, it's it's like the TARDIS it's, it's the, the inner depths can never be known by man like it's uh, certainly not by no uh, no human no that's for sure so anyway <laughs> so drugs and sex drugs and sex we've all done we've all enjoyed them we all contain them endogenously drugs how do they affect our love and sexual reality mm. and a first topic hormones oh yeah okay I mean so when we say the term drugs people would you know automatically assume narcotics but I mean drugs are almost everything is drugs I'm not going to get too technical and nerdy about it because I'm literally not a doctor and nothing I say here should be taken as recommendation nor advice nor even like wise or true. Yeah, massive caveat. We'll do another one at the end. Like something I've noticed in my uh, romantic and sex life over the years is the profound difference that hormones make to things like um, people talk about love and attraction all being a chemical thing. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that in such a way to like reduce it to something that like is not has less value mm-hmm. it has just as much value 100 percent. but I, it's also true that i think a huge amount of what we feel who we feel it all like comes down to what's in our blood and, and but it should it should be noted that um the research is very dubious in terms of actual sort of um human uh like inter interpersonal transmission of hormones like yeah, yeah. like yeah. from you know, the classic thing of like what's these sprays that they get that supposedly pheromone sprays supposedly contain pheromones yeah pheromones is a whole other dimension yeah. i actually don't even know anything about yeah. as far as i know and i'm certainly not a doctor either it just doesn't hold up like yeah mm-hmm. the, you, of course with your partner when you're intimate you do become to a certain extent uh, fluid bonded as as they like to say right. and sharing pheromones and mm-hmm. and and that has arousal effects and stuff but actually just being in a room with someone who's pumping them out that's probably not a huge impact on most humans like. yeah because presumably you could literally quite literally blind test and be like okay put yeah. me in a room yeah. with a super hot like <laughs> juiced up with pheromones mm. if only you could see the and body like, language when he's doing the, the yeah, juiced up woman. yeah I'm like gyrating as I say it or whatever um, <laughs> I think I might have I like inadvertently done a little breasture like a gesture <laughs> toward breast a breasture oh my god I, I would probably agree with you I don't know if that holds up I'm as far as I know I'm just pretty visual based so if I if I'm blindfolded can have all the pheromones you want uh, <laughs> so but there, as you were saying there are there are impacts of, of, yeah. our, of our internal hormones and what mm-hmm. we're interested in and what we prefer how has that impacted your life i mean i i feel like reluctant to even speak too much about this first like aspect of it but every girl kind of every girl who's been on birth control they know or every every girl who has a period like mm-hmm. yeah. they know they're like okay i feel like this and then it's the time i feel like this the <laughs> roller coaster something men don't necessarily learn about themselves mm-hmm. because they have a much more steady state um i don't know endocrinology or whatever Consto rand. yeah yeah it's like yeah testosterone 24 7 at least you know in your youth us, at least yeah sir, i guess in our youth in particular um that's that's another dimension to it as well how does it change with our age but yeah i, th- I think girls automatically learn how powerful hormones are because it changes how they feel their, their libido their love life their relationships are all influenced by it month to month or if they get on birth control apparently it can be a pretty profound change as so well you've nicole you've yeah. been on, you've been on the pill and off the pill I and have. different periods of your your cycle and stuff how does it yeah. affect you okay so it's been a while since i've been on hormonal uh, birth control the birth control that i'm on is the copper coil just so you know um 
which is like an IUD, right? It, it, it's a, yeah. It's, so, it's a large copper coil that I insert after sex. <laughs> for fuck's whisk sake. around. Yeah. You know, there's a different, so it's like a little tea bar yeah, that yeah. goes in, it's in, inserted into your womb while you're like fully awake, like no, no pain relief yeah. or anything like that. No pain, no gain. But it's been a while since I've been on the pill and yeah. um, I don't know now, thinking back at when I was on the pill, whether... Uh, it can kind of get into your head if you're taking something oh I've heard that this affects mm. my Either libido placebo or nocebo it's exactly. like oh it should have a good effect oh it should have a bad effect yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And but I feel like I have my libido has been affected from being on the pill because what the pill does is it tricks your body into thinking it's pregnant so it, you don't need to have a mental, uh, menstrual cycle it's like a simulation, I guess, of what you can expect if you were if you do become pregnant. And a lot of people that are pregnant, they're like, I don't want to fuck right now. But there is also the finding, supposedly, I don't know how well this has held up, but mm-hmm. that women are attracted to uh, when they're on hormonal birth control, like less masculine faces. Mm-hmm. And it goes to the there's a whole evolutionary psychology theory of dad cad that like hypothetically it makes more sense to get pregnant by the most kind of virile fuck boy and yeah. to have the child raised by the, the kindest man, the, the dad versus the cat. Well, as far as I've heard and read and stuff, um, there's a lot of truth to, to what you said there. And uh, Apparently at different stages, which, you know, just, it kind of emulates a certain uh, stage maybe of your monthly cycle as far as I know being on birth control, mm-hmm. where it's, yeah. it, it emulates a certain condition or state anyway of, of like hormonal profile. Apparently as girls go through different stages of their monthly natural cycle, they the type of guy that they have a preference for slightly varies yeah. like only slightly it's not going to be night and day like but it, there's just a slight uh, skewing like have you mm-hmm. have you found that i can't really comment on if i've noticed uh like the difference in like who i'm attracted to i just i have to say i do kind of enjoy the up and downs of my uh <laughs> menstrual cycle <laughs> hormonally because when i'm ovulating it's just it's game time guys like it's i'm yeah because it, it's it's so funny to just suddenly find yourself like extremely turned on and that you know it's drugs it's 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 yeah, drugs yeah, yeah, it you're is, feeling like, high yeah. on lust you know um and then but then it crashes down and <laughs> then i'm like D- don't touch me there's like two days where i'm like no Get your fucking hands off me. And I just think it's kind of funny. I'm like my own science experiment. Well, Jesus, you hide that well. Those, those two days, I've never noticed. We've been together years and I've never noticed any days when you weren't Randy, which, <laughs> which is a great thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, that's that's a keeper. It's an uncommon yeah, delight. Yeah. Like, but, you know, Jeez, it's, guys. It's, it's, it's great when you meet someone that isn't like, uh, it doesn't negatively impact the relationship, these things. Because it can, like some people have really rough, like monthly cycles course, and yeah. like yeah. they have their two days or whatever where like you really like have difficulty in the relationship every month because they're like very upset over something there's a strong link between uh, how extreme um the menstrual cycle can be uh, in terms of mood and hormones uh, on an individual person and mental health and i think a lot of people who would be termed like crazy or whatever it, it's because they have a really extreme pms mm-hmm. and very very extreme mood swings and i think that's really correlated with say like borderline personality and stuff like that and my first girlfriend uh was you know very very emotionally unstable extremely jealous and extremely randy and also had like have to go to bed for a week level like menstrual uh cramps mm-hmm. and that's like there seems to be some link that i've seen anecdotally there in, in girls i've dated for sure yeah i mean they're just they're just naturally would be and no, none of this is to say like oh women they're crazy right i mean like 
it's kind of the opposite, right? Like, you're not crazy. Like, you're subject to the to the thing your body is doing yeah, to you. Yeah. Like, pretty much everyone is a rational like person, mm-hmm. and their hormones and endocrinology influencing their like mental state is not necessarily their fault. So uh, this, you know, I would never. I would always avoid holding any of this against anybody. Mm-hmm. Like if if you know somebody who has like okay, it's a nightmare being with them at this point of their cycle. It's like I would always take into consideration like okay, that's not necessarily like who they are yeah, or whatever yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, and it's also it's yeah. it's a subset of what psychologists call visceral factors right so that we can all be a prick if we haven't slept mm-hmm. if we haven't yeah. eaten if you know mm-hmm. if, if we are dealing with uh, chronic pain I lived with a guy once and he came into me knocked on my door one day and he's like I'm having a heart attack oh. and I was like oh my god fuck uh, you're not having a heart attack you're 21 but okay uh, let's get you an ambulance anyway mm-hmm. and it turned out I was like you're probably having a panic attack yeah. No, 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 it's not a panic attack. It was a panic attack. When he came back, I was like, have you been under any stress? And he's like, no, I haven't been under any stress. Well, I mean, my dad had a heart attack last week, but what I don't care about that. And he was just oh, so out of wow. touch with the that mind-body uh, emotion connection. Yeah. But you can imagine how much he was externalizing being a prick, and he was a prick, to everyone he met because of all this undealt with uh, physiological stimulation from emotion. So there's, yeah, you know, there's that yeah. biopsychosocial yeah. cycle, like your, your, yeah, your experiences yeah. affect your, your, uh, your body and the whole way you hold tension, the release of hormones, all the rest of it. And then you externalize that. And if you're not aware of it, you know, so, so that it is, yeah. not, it, it's not a women only thing. Yeah. Like the whole, your general like lifestyle is, is something I wanted to, to touch on as well. Like, cause I think that influences our relationships with people and, and our yeah. love and sex life massively. Like probably a lot of people have noticed it. Maybe you notice it more as you get older, because when you're young, it's like, no difference you're just randy like anyway (laughs) but i think you get to a certain age and if you're just the type of person who has like a a reasonably uh kind of maybe moderate stress upwards nine to five type schedule and then you're on holiday with your like partner and then you're like you're relaxing and you're like and your libido just goes nuts and maybe it's because you're getting sunshine as well which also literally has an effect through vitamin d vitamin d is a hormone and you know it influences other hormones but you know what i would i would tend towards a, a more set and setting interpretation of that it's like with an there's an you, expectation yeah. maybe well yeah. also it's just like it's, if, you, if you imagine right mm. you're with someone for 10 years and then one night uh you hook up with someone else cheating on them or you break up whatever the reason is and you're going to respond with an enormously increased libido mm. if you're not if you're not really anxious or whatever and and i think the same thing is true if you go with your partner to a new place something novel yeah you're, yeah. you're resetting something so your, your your brain is kind of like there's something new here i'm going to make the extra effort or, or your endocrine system whatever i think there's something there's something yeah, there yeah, yeah something yeah anything novel does interest exactly interest yeah. that's why people use sex toys and yeah, go to sex yeah. clubs and or even yeah. just go to a hotel you know oh we'll have a nice night go that's the traditional thing you know staycation yeah. as far as i understand they haven't really cracked this because like the recipe for libido on like extreme arousal is like this weird combination of like stimulating exciting things but also like being very relaxed i noticed people talking about say just having a lot of sex when they were in lockdown so like maybe suddenly you're working from home or maybe you were like laid off just at home getting the covid payment uh laid off and getting laid like at home a lot more <laughs> with your partner yeah. Yeah. so people just had the free time and like maybe less stress that's a good point we, we always hear these stories about people who 
they live together through lockdown and the marriage is over and you hear this bad stuff but mm-hmm. presumably a lot of people's relationships got better because they spent more time around each other they learned to be more forgiving they gave each other more space they also were more intimate in every way like that's got to have been true for a lot probably of probably phases yeah. yeah there was probably like a little mini honeymoon phase at the beginning of lockdown and then like a little mini yeah. i don't know what comes after honeymoon phase hell moon um, <laughs> <laughs> i know i mean we i know we had a lot of ups and downs like it was i felt definitely like it's all we, a blur to me. <laughs> it was a blur, definitely. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of time distortion with, with something like that. But um, I definitely feel like we both got, we, we had biggest fights that we've ever had, which we didn't really fight before lockdown at all. Mm. Uh, but we also got a lot closer in a lot of ways. And we learned yeah. we could put up with each other like chronically. I guess so. Yeah, because we're, we, were, we were forced uh, together. So we're just thrown into defense. Yeah, it was kind of like that human centipede experience we had. <laughs> what? All fronty. Oh, <laughs> as long as I'm not the middle. Well, I'm just inching so. towards the door for anyone who can't see right now. <laughs> you just pick, bring over that song. There's a guy with a surgical mask and scalpel has entered the room. I actually haven't seen that movie. But... Uh, you're not missing li- anything. Run out to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Blockbuster and uh, wait for it to reopen in 100 years time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess to talk about the aspect of it that I personally have a little bit more of a right to speak on and men maybe in the normal course of events don't get the opportunity to notice it as easily because it just doesn't change as profoundly uh, but I'm someone who has uh, through the use of exogenous hormones aka HRT uh, actually gotten the chance to experience oh. a lot of changes in, in my hormonal profile and endocrinology when you say HRT that's a very broad term like yeah it's yeah. It's, it's a bit a bit of a euphemism well, are you talking about testosterone yeah, here yeah exactly and is that something that you've taken for we should say for the listener that you're quite you're quite ripped you're to use the term. I'm, not, I'm not I'm not I'm not maybe he's at buff. one point in the past <laughs> he's an enormous hema so, so <laughs> I'm, like, a bit, I'm a bit on the heavier side heavier side okay Fuck sure off. sure get out of here yeah, yeah. Like, 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 uh, like in Ragnarok when Thor is transforming himself is something you used to like work out or did you have to take it for a health thing or so originally and this is going back almost 10 years now um i was just like getting serious into powerlifting so it was like an athletic performance enhancing thing um and i, I got to a certain level and i kind of just realized okay if i want to go further than this i kind of got to do what a lot of the guys who are at the next level are doing classic like you know you hear about this in lots of sports yeah i guess i definitely hasten to caveat that like it's not really something i'd recommend as worth it you know i was a lot younger and i thought oh yeah that'll be cool that'll be all good and it's not like a horror story necessarily but like it has it has has its drawbacks and you come to learn over time for example like classic actual hrt for health reasons it's a common enough thing especially as guys get older can be something they want just want to do to optimize their like lifestyle and like yeah. health or whatever optimize their libido although I, I don't think it has the profound effect on libido that people think yeah because you'd assume right you take some testosterone you, you're, like, you're, you're smashing your chin with your heart on you're just yeah. like roaring it's, it's into not, the sky. Yeah, it's not it's not that simple actually in my in in my view and uh, people it, it's just it's nothing like people think it's okay just, so it's what like, is it like there's levels to it so there's dosage because testosterone is a naturally occurring endogenous hormone Mm. so you could just take the same dose that would normally naturally occur in your body and probably never feel much different than you ever would and that's like what hrt should be for Mm -hmm. for men who just want i just want the normal healthy reference range level that i should have always had yeah Um, and this is something i've actually thought about because i've 
sleep problems, weight problems, all the classic symptoms of like, you know, testosterone issue. Yeah, know. like the, there's a lot of kind of unexpected things that you hear about it kind of solving for people in, in, in some cases. At the very least, get 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 a test, see what your levels are like. Mm -hmm. If your levels are kind of low, again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to go too far down this yeah, like yeah. line of uh, conversation. But if, if your levels are low, there's even like so-called natty as in natural things you can do to like really crank it up and, and get it within the reference range mm -hmm. and they don't affect your uh, HTPA, your hypothalamus pituitary axis. So they don't have negative feedback that like shut down your natural production basically, which is like actually kind of like what you were saying, the female birth control hormones do. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of natural stuff, I think like Tonkat Ali, Fedoja, Agressis, uh, Vitamin D, a few other things. I'll, I don't know, go look them up, Google them. I'm not, I'm not the guy to recommend all that stuff. My, the, the, the line I went down was to just literally take exogenous hormones, which is like... You're just, just like shooting. Yeah, you're just, you're just injecting some oil with like a, a molecule suspended in it. Like, is this yeah. like a dark web oh. thing? You like, you know, uh, hop on Silk Road? <laughs> well, with, without, without like giving anyone instructions. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's not it's not it wasn't a case of like getting it from some lad I knew down the gym yeah, or whatever. Right. It was like online. And back then this was like the early twenty tens. It was like compared to now it was like the dark ages. Yeah. It was like bro science abounds, like science not much abounds. else. Um so you're it was very you're very much in the dark. And that that's why I think it's cool. Like nowadays you've got tons of guys on the internet talking about the use of hormones and like how to do it right um all the like ins and outs um the, the downstream consequences all, all, all these things so, so can you give us some examples i know you've, you've you've put enough caveats i think just what your experience was of the positive and negatives especially around like you know sexuality and stuff i guess what i was initially saying is if you're just using testosterone there's not really much difference huh. hmm. now if you crank a huge dose you, you may notice a difference where you're a bit more of everything you might have more um yeah, you might have more libido, but the reason for that can actually be because it's giving you more estrogen. Huh. Mm. Testosterone is converted to estrogen through the aromatase enzyme, and the more if you just like if you just put a bunch of extra testosterone in your body, it can result in more estrogen. And um, I think it, it's a bit it's a real complicated web of things. Like, but a lot of what actually gives people libido is is estrogen, mm. and and like mm. guys have this like. Yeah. stupid perception of like no you got to get rid of the female hormone yeah it's like dog dogs are boys girls are cats yeah. like yeah, that level yeah. of understanding and like there's other like synthetic hormones that guys use uh that will actually crush their estrogen and like it's terrible for them it's a terrible mental experience and at certain points i've probably so what i was going to touch on as well is like i did after beginning to use hormones for like you know get bigger and stronger at the powerlifting and all that like and i started to get more serious with it eventually i like uh wandered into like using the weird like intense synthetic ones that are not the same as a naturally occurring horm hormone that's like a whole massive topic that like people have entire youtube channels about how they like interplay with the like your, your biology and stuff i won't even try and get into it but those those ones can have a weird effect on your libido and you know they can like send it through the roof or they can like just make it maybe not there depending on what ones you use 
Um, and like your mental state, they can influence what neurotransmitters you've got. They can just give you terrible mood and paranoia all the time. And did you experience like that's the, that's my would be my fear with with anything like steroids or or uh, yeah. human growth hormone or, or or any of this stuff that that you'd have like rage fits and shit like that. If you're not at all like predisposed towards rage, you've nothing to worry about. Yeah, well, that's right. everybody though, isn't it? Who isn't no. predisposed towards <laughs> rage? Like we've all had our meltdown. But I, and again, I I have to stress these like really negative like outcomes like so ah oh, this good guy's a psycho like and he's like clearly a big juice head or whatever and, like that that whole stereotype of the like aggressive juice head mm-hmm. number one obviously dudes like that gravitate toward this thing of like oh yeah give me all the physical power and like you know that is a the thing they they're gonna gravitate toward anyway and uh, but it's more so those other synthetic hormones if you just take testosterone even though you might be varying the dose your body's going to do more or less the right stuff with it it's going to keep like your estrogen somewhat in balance it, it's going to kind of do what your body's supposed to do with it but other hormones that are like pure androgens or they're progestogenic hormones and, and even just there's weirder ones out there and oral ones and stuff that like really destroy your liver um those your body does doesn't keep things in balance when you take the synthetic ones so i think it would really help I guess people's perception of these things to just categorize testosterone as like a whole other thing because it's pr- it's it's much more natural mm-hmm. and then the other synthetic ones can be like kind of hard to deal with so un- unless you're like a, a professional athlete who's going to make a ton of money out of using those other like harsh androgens or whatever else things like trend people who know know what i'm talking about or like methyl trans. Guarantee none of our listeners have any idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I won't, I won't go on and on about that. Um, and I'm definitely I'm wary of like stigmatizing these things because it's not like people think. It's not like the stereotypes people think. If you've gone into uh, recreational drug use in any depth as as a person, what you start to realize is that. Uh, like as you said at the beginning everything is a drug yeah. you know yeah, get, getting yeah. good exercise is a drug eating a takeaway yeah. is a drug yeah, sugar so is crazy yeah. dr- addictive drug caffeine of course yeah. and like when we say drug I mean like ha- with profound consequences for how you think and perceive yeah and exactly your ex- expectation of yourself your self-image all this stuff and really any drug is in just a just a different version of that unless you're going into some kind of dissociative or psychedelic state anything you take all it's doing is mimicking things that are already present in in your body like your brain doesn't necessarily know okay i have a higher sex drive right now because i have like more testosterone or i have a higher sex drive right now because of a drug i took that like uh, well we can talk we can talk about narcotics that might increase sex drive i guess but is it want. did you find that there are people in that community taking testosterone who are doing it just for because they feel more whether it's psychological or physiological, they they feel more virile. Yeah, it is. It, it's definitely like a li- so-called lifestyle optimization thing that people s- regard as like a positive thing. People do say, oh, you feel just like the good version of yourself, but more. Mm-hmm. It can be, but it's only going to make a positive difference if you were just genuinely like the medical term is like hypogonadal, which is like small balls actually if you if you were to literally translate right, it that's a thing it, <laughs> you know the, the they're funny, perfectly fine how dare you the funny thing is actually the more the more time goes on the more i come to find out that these like kind of silly things turn out to have like a lot of truth to them like this idea of just like oh yeah if you've got huge balls it's like you got like you're more virile it's like it sounds super silly but apparently there's a lot of truth to these things. I'm not saying this like as someone who has like huge balls at all. Like I'm just, I think I've got regular balls. You're just, just maybe hinting that you have enormous balls. 
And through these crotchless um, Sailor Moon outfit, I can definitely see they are vast globules. Yeah. That, that's another that's another like myth I should dispel as well. Like this thing of it's like, oh, I would never take hormones because your balls like fall off or whatever. Mm. No, it's, it's not true. This just reminded me that I actually once uh, took uh, hormones uh, for, for my weight before. I took a pregnancy hormone to, no to turn. HCG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was on the so, HCG. Uh, it's the hormone that is detected in pregnancy tests. Yeah. So, um, it only occurs once you're pregnant because it's the hormone that basically transfer uh, transfers your nutrients into the the fetus yeah it just primes your body to be in a real entire state of pregnancy like ramps everything up th so it actually yeah. increases thyroid so you can lose weight through having if you take hcg exactly doesn't your family have like hyperthyroidism and stuff though that's like a really dangerous they thing they have underactive thyroids yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and it, it would so that's another thing guys take actually guys take hcg even though it's like a so-called uh, female pregnancy hormone guys mm -hmm. take hcg as well for these type of reasons if guys who are on like uh trt or if you want to call it hrt mm -hmm. trt is testosterone replacement therapy mm -hmm. and they want to like improve you know just their health lifestyle and probably also libido yeah they'll also take hcg as a more complete holistic form of um hormone therapy it will restore their fertility to a pretty reliable extent if they take enough hcg wow. so if, if you're a guy who is on like uh hormone replacement therapy and you want to get your partner pregnant uh, say for example like your elon musk's father and you want to get your your uh, stepdaughter yeah. pregnant again for the third <laughs> time money at that age just like give me all the hormones like make me 21 again like yeah. give uh, me that young blood right that's yeah. what you really want oh god that's a th man that's honestly also probably a thing yeah yeah, yeah. it is i mean yeah. you know it seems like the healthy way to get stem cells is to take yeah. it from <laughs> the blood of a, a, a young uh, some young guy yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sure he's got lots of some young guys on his payroll you can really fuck with yourself can't you I just can't imagine the maintenance of like all uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, you look it's at like, somebody like Jeff Bezos and you see like a man who at 40 just looked like a desk kind of clerk in a, in, in a, mm -hmm. an organization and, and now is like a mini Superman and you think well clearly there's mini Lex Luthor is there. Yeah, mini Lex Luthor I love yeah. it that makes a lot more sense <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like I felt very dodgy trying to biohack myself my body my body into losing weight did, did yeah. it work um I didn't stick with it uh, long enough I because it, there's a whole like HCG diet that you're supposed to that that exists on the internet if you if you look hard enough at threads and stuff where you're supposed to like eat basically like carbohydrate no 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 carbohydrates um no like fats in your food or anything like that it's oh, normally like you gotta have the awful. fats you gotta have the fats so you're going into like ketosis first ketosis and, and ketosis without yeah. fats though that will kill your libido because like a lot of your hormones are made from the fats that you eat in fact uh, a lot of hormones are made from cholesterol yeah uh, healthy you know source of cholesterol in your diet so i don't want to turn this into like a, a diet nutrition <laughs> like medical advice podcast I've, I've taken HCG as well yeah. because it made sense for a while to try it out in, in conjunction with like the mm. hormone replacement therapy I was taking or continue to take. Um, I didn't really notice much of a difference, but I, I rarely notice a difference with these things. I'm like super insensitive. So only the only times I really notice a difference in like my life, particularly with like libido relationships, love was if I was taking the, the crazy intense androgens, like the harsh stuff. And then I definitely noticed. Um, did, did that did that affect how you treated people as well as just being randier? There's some hormones, some of the synthetic hormones, I would say, are just kind of bad if to take for for like they have a, a tool as a tool they have a use if you're trying to achieve something like physically or in sports or whatever. 
other than that there's really no reason to take them because they they kind of will have a bad uh, in some cases like neurotoxic effect on your brain and that be that can be because they crush your estrogen which is very unhealthy for your brain it's neurotoxic to have no estrogen guys need estrogen like there's there's literally some some of those the really bad synthetic hormones like one called like trend they just call it like oh the relationship killer or divorce in a bottle like people have so many stories of like just like destroying their own relationship just because they like hopped on this for a while and what did it make because they get very angry or uh not necessarily no but they can sort of acquire a certain dissatisfaction with their current like life they feel like unhappy or they feel like something's missing or they feel sometimes some dudes get like extreme paranoia and they're like oh man i just she's cheating on me she's cheating on me she's cheating on me like mm -hmm. they just get crazy paranoia it affects whatever you're like whatever chink in your mental armor is it's gonna find that yeah. and that's where it's gonna go i think Fuck and it will it'll eventually i see because uh, i'm like actually I'm, I'm a moderator in a big discord where people talk about a lot of this stuff and i see all these young guys and it's like oh yeah do it man get on that get on that and i'm like you guys or some guys who are already currently on it and they're like oh it's fine and i'm like it's fine until it isn't and like i thought it was fine until it wasn't i was fine for a while until it just catches up with you like mentally yeah. it's, it's it's not good i think it, it's just it's very bad for your brain but anyway as far as effects on libido and like relationships not great for relationships unless your relationship really is like primed to require like more libido can give you more libido but it's a real trade-off because like you become desensitized to whatever your whatever kind of stimulates or excites you you will acquire like desensitization or tolerance to it so let's say you just got or you're, you're like okay now i'm done with that i'm just back on regular life like regular hormone natty or just like a regular level of like TRT like natural kind of emulating uh, level of, of hormone therapy uh, and then you go back to that and it, it can really de you can feel like oh, okay now where's my libido mm -hmm. and it's not gone it, it is there but it, it just feels different you've got like a you're like your reference range can be a little bit crazy yeah, I mean, heroin users often talk about that. How, like, you know, when they when they get clean, go through whatever program, mm -hmm. um, what they miss is isn't isn't is not um, it's they're as you say they they reset their their boundary for normality if they've been really chronic heroin users. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So technically, maybe their dopaminergic system restores itself, but they're used to existing at this heightened state, and yeah. and and often Actually, compensating for psychological problems with that be as well. Particularly through true of um maybe cocaine but definitely meth users like i was saying just before that we started the podcast i like have stories about like ending up at a party where like people were using meth and stuff and and you can kind of see how it works for them it's, it's you mean like an orgy type situation no not an orgy but like people that were at a party that definitely would have like went into their room with somebody like mm. to do their thing like um and that just, just sounds like a house party well yeah no, it's many many a house party might end up that way but it's just like <laughs> it was it was a, a level above that and you, you could see the way it affected people like there was um it definitely just had them in like a heightened state of arousal we could say <laughs> okay yeah. okay um, so so i mean like we, so we moved on to recreational yeah. drugs recreational drugs in ireland mm -hmm. the number one recreational drug has always been alcohol yes and it's been yeah. used to compensate for I would say, let's go pretentious, the, the, um, the, the, the longitudinal intergenerational um, effects of 
the country being a rape factory for hundreds of years <laughs> and uh, you know and not to yeah. be grim so but, harsh but, true. <laughs> but basically ireland was a brothel for the british army it was occupied for centuries and mm. after that we had the church then we had the industrial schools mass rape we had the the magdalene laundries mass sexual assault um women being imprisoned for having kids so and mm. we dealt with none of it and then so then that all kind of ends in the in the 80s and early 90s and then this massive drink culture which was always there yeah. becomes the youth culture so getting getting fucked out of your head and then you went to london so you saw that casual sex can happen so mm-hmm. now you come back and so it's happening again but it's in ireland and you do it in dublin so the people in your local village don't know who you're riding and you get <laughs> yeah. coppers you know yeah. <laughs> not to yeah, be reductive like the, but the repression to alcohol binge and like yeah. Uh, I guess sudden sexual expression cycle is a real thing in Ireland 100%. and like in my, in my youth like the like um, early days of my sexual life probably had a lot of alcohol involved yeah, yeah. like probably many people you know uh, have similar stories but yeah I would like just have you know nights where too much alcohol was had and that was that was the only way you ended up with people in Ireland maybe mm-hmm. people didn't know how to make it happen otherwise especially young people I, I guess I still I'm, I'm still a drinker not a big drinker uh, but I guess if, if you ask me to talk about it I have a kind of a negative view of alcohol for sure yeah. um, and I think there's that's correlated with people who've uh, experimented with drugs because yeah. you see you get more context for what alcohol does yeah, I mean, yeah. the negatives versus the positives yeah i mean alcohol is like a mild 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 benzo like a the effect on the brain anyway mm. like uh or, or you know xanax or whatever like volume those kind of drugs uh the, the zans and all, all yeah. the sound a, a downer drugs. a central nervous system depressant yeah yeah exactly and and i mean when you look at the more extreme endpoint of that type of drug which is stuff like you know people who are big into like xanax and, and benzos and stuff and then the effect the withdrawal has on them it's yeah. really grim like it's the, like the most severe form of really, addiction benzo yeah. addiction like risk of seizures and death and stuff yeah, which yeah. can happen if, if you're like a, if you're enough of an alcoholic yeah, and you suddenly withdraw delirium tremens you can you can actually die from yeah, yeah so you gotta you gotta ramp down and not all drugs work that way some drugs you can just you should just stop cold turkey but alcohol and, and, and depressants like that you can't you can't actually just suddenly stop because of the physical dependence will suddenly do you in yeah. yeah and there's a lot of suicides in in jail from from people who are in sudden oh, yeah. benzo withdrawal mm, yeah. Yeah. like there's stuff like opiate withdrawal as well which is like a slight slightly different thing the physical withdrawal is like really tortuous tortuous torturous <laughs> But I think it won't kill you. It feels like you're dying, yeah, but it won't kill exactly. you. Whereas the alcohol, benzos type one, actually can kill you. I mean, William S. Burroughs argued that actually going through heroin withdrawal caused long- longevity. That, <laughs> oh, really? That, that if you had that oh. cycle of use and withdrawal on <laughs> on a medical grade pharmaceutical uh, heroin, then then you would actually, in the long run, you he, he had this whole theory that it actually co- it was kind of like a um, an anti fragile effect. That you actually oh, strengthen your hormetic stressors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and he did live a, a fairly long, uh, cognitively engaged life. Like, so yeah. who's to say? But he the, was on that pharmaceutical grade heroin that you can't really get unless you're a doctor writing okay. scripts for yourself. Mm-hmm. The more experience I get, the more, in some ways, I start to see like mild suffering is somehow good for longevity. <laughs> like people who have tough lives actually can live quite a long time. It's yeah. not yeah. It doesn't. I, I don't know. I, I don't have enough like knowledge to really speak on that. Uh, not to get all Buddhist about it, but I yeah. think that suffering is essential to empathy. I think you, oh, yeah. you can be yeah. very mm. you can be very warm and affable without suffering, but you can't really have empathy or, or tolerance. Yeah, really. I, yeah, I think empathy is a very learned thing. You can be like a nice person, but there's just a certain thing, there's a certain type of empathy that 
is kind of learned yeah. and like people talk about kids i guess it's true to say kids are innocent yeah, they're also psychotic but yeah they also haven't learned empathy in lots of ways you can yeah. see the way they tease each other about stuff that's just like horrific um yeah. and so hopefully by the time everyone gets to adulthood they've like learned yeah everyone with a huge quota in them like. yeah yeah um unfortunately we, we've all come across people who just have had that bit more of a sheltered existence that they just haven't really come to understand firsthand yeah. why it's like shitty to judge somebody exactly that. and that's mm -hmm. that's i think that's the key thing right because you can be very you can imagine and we've all known people who are incredibly kind and lovely but they have a real problem with understanding why somebody would be different to them yeah there's there's just some topic they're like yeah really lovely person they'd give you like the clothes off their back or whatever you know some there's some like great people out there who also there might just be one topic where they're like no, I just don't get it. No, I just don't know why a person would be like that. And yeah. like, no, it's just wrong. And they just they just don't know. You That's because they've, they've never really struggled maybe with their identity or yeah. with their yeah. health or shit like that. That that really humbles you. you yeah, 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 yeah. There is a core humility that you can only get through suffering. I think that's like a key thing. And it does tie into Buddhism, I suppose. But it is, I, I don't know enough about that to, to comment on that. But it is it is something I've experienced through having like kind of chronic health stuff. That yeah. whatever kind of arrogance or narcissism that we all have, it does get muted because you understand that you're just a creature that, that is dying from its birth, you know? Yeah, I mean, and this kind of actually even links back to, say, when I was pushing the like kind of more intense hormones that I probably really shouldn't have been. Like when it's when it strayed into the realm of abuse, that was like a real too close to the sun period of my life. And the aftermath kind of just made like, let's say the aftermath would have been for me when I like realized it was affecting me negatively and like uh, a lot of things in my life started to get worse my personality started to get a little bit worse Noth nothing like crazy didn't like murder anybody didn't yeah. didn't attempt to murder anybody but i i just think i like soured some aspects of my life a little bit certainly a relationship or two i can't blame it on that because it's me it was me that like led myself down that path so it's not about that but anyway cut it all out and after it had a period of like really like drawn out like oh shit okay i'm not invincible i'm not even as good a person as i thought i was i'm like just real like humbling period of life a lot of i, I never had like major depression or anything but i would i would maybe call it a period of anhedonia where you yeah. just don't you just don't enjoy life yeah. for a while and that's not the only negative thing that's ever happened to me in life. Of course, I've like had all kinds of like little bad things throughout my life in childhood and stuff like that, but nothing like majorly traumatic. But enough for me to learn empathy. It's a tough balance because you don't want your kids to suffer. Not that we have kids, but you know, yeah. my nephews say I don't want anything bad to happen yeah. to them. But I also know that if they don't suffer, then they're going to be monsters, basically. Yeah, I, I I categorize myself as somebody who maybe didn't suffer enough as a child. And then so and then I struggle in it. it just I'm to make sure that my kids don't repeat my mistake. <laughs> so I'm gonna do what's right for my kids. <laughs> I think they talk about this like in well, certainly in pop psychology anyway. Like people who struggle with like realities of adulthood and and the world mm -hmm. when maybe they didn't struggle enough as a child. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like to, only to a small extent, I I would probably lump myself into that category, where I think like ah, uh, you know. 
not as good as I thought I was when I was younger. Like the reality of life hits you. Like your dad was Will Smith, though, right? So you had a really elite. I feel like in Ireland, there's um. Wait, I don't know if this is a global thing, but there's a, we have like a session kind of culture oh God, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. this whole thing where everyone it kind of cultivates this, these sort of hookups, and there's different levels to that, obviously. So like a session, uh, how you describe it in Ireland, is like just a get together where people are you get fucked up on whatever so usually for three or four days usually three. for three and or four the days rollovers, yeah. and the rollovers <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's i i got into that kind of um environment like for a summer before when i was 19 and i never went back to it again because it like i just knew my own limit and i was left like not being able to feel things because yeah, I had done yeah. too much MDMA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, MDMA was is, is one I wanted to bring up in the context of love and relationships and maybe a little bit sex, but I think most people agree MDMA, MDMA is great for love, but maybe it's it's a tricky one for sex. It's like... Pilly willy is a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or your willy yeah. will not work. You know, I, I had an experience with... Um, now, this is where it gets into set and setting, right? Yeah. So one something that people don't talk about enough with mm-hmm. drugs is like drugs per se, the impact is more a case of just... Uh, stimulation or repression of something so how you how you feel on the drug is much as much about the setting in which you take it who you take it with and how those things affect your perception of what's going to what's going to happen and what is happening mm-hmm. and, and i had a I had a very bad relationship my first relationship was went very sour and we were together for four years and in that third or fourth year when we were really unhappy with each other we were living in a pretty squalid kind of drug den kind of gaff oh, yeah. and we we <laughs> ended up taking we weren't doing much like i don't think i think it was I was maybe smoking a bit of weed but there was a lot of hard drug use in the house and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. but we end up doing MDMA a couple of times and, and oh. having sex and I always think of it as it's, it was like um, it was like two fish flapping against each other on land oh, no. just where you could you could feel your skin and your organs and mm. the smell of each other and none of it was good and <laughs> okay, it was just yeah. and I don't know to what extent our mutual enmity and and probably you know some degree of hatred was 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 part of that but yeah. it, the whole experience was, was i would say nightmarish that's a weird one because yeah i mean i haven't i've definitely had relationships that went bad and maybe i just we got sick of each other or something but uh, maybe not to the same extent and certainly without having then done mdma together <laughs> yeah. uh, so that that must be an interesting you think it might be a healing thing but yeah, yeah really I, that, I definitely would have thought like the first time I had MDMA was w- I was there with the girl I was dating and that was like my biggest relationship um it turned out and it was it, it was a I would looking back think of it as maybe a, like a little bit of a turning point the time that we had that MDMA experience together you know we just opened up a, a ton um and, and and talked a lot and we were like we're really loving with each other and stuff like that um and, and just had such a, a, a wonderful intimate experience together not no sex actually we were just like at a party yeah. not that that would necessarily stop you having sex but you know we, yeah. we weren't about to have sex like uh, MDMA so far isn't about that for me and I think a lot of people agree it's like it's just too hard to perform like with yeah. MDMA yeah maybe for a guy yeah because in my yeah, girl probably could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in my experience and I've, I've been a witness of how people are like sexually on MDMA like I witnessed a friend like being able to to come like quicker than she's ever in her life while on MDMA in front of my eyes and I was like nice, nice cool <laughs> actually supposedly there are differences in how these things uh, 
like influence the like neurotransmitter cascades and stuff in men versus women so like dopaminergic drugs which like mdma is a reasonably dopaminergic drug which is mm. going to contribute to things like libido and your ability to orgasm um yeah. And, and, and yeah it actually can affect women a little bit differently but it's also a very serotonergic yeah. drug apparently mdma has all of those things it's like the perfect love potion pill in, in a way mm-hmm. not perfect but <laughs> it's it's pretty good love potion pill yeah um yeah you just don't yeah it's some most of the time your willy won't work but yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which is fine because it's like it, it takes okay. away the you know because any, anything that could be described as a love potion probably carries a bit of a, a negative kind of connotation <laughs> yeah like um yeah. you don't want it to seem date rapey or anything like that so mm-hmm. it's probably good that it's not necessarily thing where people just like fuck on it yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, but you know i remember uh, when i was in school hearing about um meth before oh, the meth epidemic like yeah, very early crystal yeah, meth in the yeah. 90s and the story was it's not addictive and you can fuck all night and everyone's go- that you know mm. it's that classic thing of like the the the, the advertising did not match the products you know <laughs> really yeah. and i never did meth but like obviously we know the impact horrific but mm-hmm. but the sexual side of it, I think, is a real core part of why people get so addicted to it. Yeah, it's like pure, it's the most dopaminergic drug that there is, I think. A lot of drugs work on a similar end of the spectrum, like cocaine and to a certain extent MDMA, but that is so many other different things mixed in with it that it's not, it doesn't just give you libido. But yeah, meth is the one where people just like sit, they like stay in a bedroom for like, 10 hours straight masturbating and stuff or if they're yeah. with somebody they could be like having sex so they should really yeah. just call it 4chan <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> if only 4chan seems like somehow more innocent but um <laughs> I, I like i guess nobody would like necess- not many people would disagree me disagree with me but i have kind of a negative view of like meth i think it's like probably one of the most <laughs> harmful Bold I d- statement. yeah yeah controversial yeah. <laughs> for our method listeners don't take too seriously like, yeah. i've seen like because I, like i said i've seen meth users and stuff i've seen them during their high and then i've just kind of seen what their life is like generally maybe when they're like trying to be like live a more normal life be clean and stuff and it, it gets really dark their life just gets reduced to the size of a, your life becomes the size of a bedroom and like they don't they don't leave and they're just trying to find the next hookup or the next score of of drugs and stuff and it gets really grim and it's just like one of those things where there's there's always um there's no free lunch basically so when you get like if you do get your big high and this can even be true in just a regular relationship where nobody's touching any substance Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you have your like honeymoon period where you're super excited for each other and there, there can be a little bit of a price to pay later where it's like okay now you're like kind of desensitized to that and now you feel less um it it just unfortunately i wish it didn't work that way but can work that way it does inevitably and this is something that we don't people don't really talk about in terms of relationships but as you say there there is um there is a period when you have good chemistry with someone not in every relationship chemistry is a great word for it yeah Yeah. Yeah. when you have literal good chemistry because of how 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 physically attractive you find them or maybe it is there there is some kind of hormonal aspect to it or or a, a pheromonal aspect to it but there is a period where it's just hyper intense, mm. hyper crazy. Hi, you, you just literally you see the person and it's light is coming out yeah. of them and yeah. you think about them 24 seven. And, and the come down for that, I think that the wider context is your vulnerability towards addiction is really predicated on your attachment. So it's, it's, it comes mm. back to like how well you, how well you were attached as a small child and your psychological safety. And if you feel a lack, which many of us do, myself yeah, included, you're, filling a, hole. Yeah. you're yeah. filling a hole and it's just it's like any other drug. 
and, and there's a lot of people who bounce from relationship to relationship looking for that initial yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, where's the high now? I need the high, yeah. I need the high back. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or in the same relationship, having these massive fights, everything's horrible, yes, yeah. just so that you mm-hmm. trigger that yeah. mechanism where, so, yeah. where it's... Get back up on the roller coaster. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, it, exactly. and it's so, so toxic to, to your emotional well-being, mm-hmm. but it's very understandable. And you, yeah, it's, it's a high you'll, you, if you're not... Uh, you know self-aware enough it's a high you can end up always chasing yeah or always at least pining for when you shouldn't be yeah um 100 yeah. and, and people i think people who are who love bomb in that way because that's mm-hmm. the other side of it they'll come in fully on 100 and then yeah, maybe yeah. pull back later they they can really traumatize uh because they'll go for people who are susceptible to that so yeah. there's a really bad kind of and know, I, I dialectic there that that's a really good point as well because like i've seen this term love bombing discussed in like such a as if it's this like super predatory med premeditated thing but those people are just on their own roller coaster like they're just chasing something for themselves i in my opinion most of the time yeah unless they're like sinisterly coming up with plots or something which i I guess there's like yeah there's like evil genius manipulators (laughs) out there for sure there are but i think most normal people if they do go in for anything a little bit along those lines it's like they're just on they're just trying to you know chase what they're after in their own life and mm-hmm. i've been i've been that soldier where you're you're addicted to that intense connection yeah. and then you're yeah. traumatized when it goes away <laughs> yeah and and i've also seen friends who you know you see them and like i met this guy he's the most amazing guy like female friends and mm-hmm. and he's always oh, he's so good and whatever and then you kind of see the sadness when you meet them a few months later if you oh it turned out he wasn't and, and a part of you saying really was that what's going on or maybe you just put a lot of chemical expectations yeah. oh yeah. yeah a lot of rose tinted uh, glasses just like looking at so i used to do that all the time when i was younger and i really fancied someone like you know the limerence uh, yeah. yeah yes yeah, yeah. and literally yeah. I, I i remember like i'd be telling my friends like recounting like oh my god i had this weekend with this guy oh my god and like it's actually gonna happen they're like no way and it doesn't because <laughs> i'm like just retelling the story because i really wanted them to be my boyfriend or whatever you know ah, Sherlock it's fine yeah I mean the, the, the projection the fantasy yeah, the like yeah, yeah all these things the anticipation which is again just comes back to the, the neurotransmitter these drugs and what we get from like the honeymoon period of love gives us mm-hmm. um, I hate reducing it reducing everything to that I don't do it in like a negative way not to detract from it because it's still every bit is meaningful it's what still what life is it's all we've got like like a lot of drugs kind of mimic that in, in the yeah, short yeah. term adolescence as we all know is the pressure cooker of hormones yeah and i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of like recapturing what you would have experienced in first love yeah. or first first sexual experiences with say something like meth or something mm-hmm. where you're pushing yourself back up to that extreme dreamlike yeah, state p- people and i've seen there's like a really good youtube channel uh that called soft white underbelly i don't know if you've seen where this guy does he's previously a photographer and he does these interviews with like homeless people from like skid row in the states and stuff and he just lets them tell their story a lot of them are like sex workers and and, and drug abusers and stuff drug users let's say but i mean it's very clear in, in the case these they'll openly tell you they're like well yeah my drug use is ruining my life and stuff a lot of them are meth users and it's all wrapped up in their like sex work or their like trauma from sex abuse in their youth a lot of the time sexual abuse um, but a really common thing that seems to emerge in, in the stories they tell is, let's say particularly with their drug use, is that they're like chasing some initial uh, event in their story yeah. that mm-hmm. for them was like something good, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or in some cases, it can also be something that was traumatic, but they're, they're chasing this one like yeah. thing, this like critical moment. Yeah. 
Fre- <laughs> Freud called it repetition compulsion. Right. Yeah. And it's like uh, you know that that primal scene that that creates the template and maybe the template isn't filled in until later but mm-hmm. then that sort of pattern of behavior to to rewrite the initial thing that happened or yeah, recapture yeah. it is just a deep fundamental thing that can take your whole life to, to unlearn you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah and but I, I will say like it's not to do with drugs but i think a healthy way without curing yourself magically of, of all your trauma a healthy way to channel those things can be like kink stuff because if you're yeah. addicted to to the thrill of of mm-hmm. like crazy romantic or sexual feelings mm-hmm. you can capture those in in having more like kinky experimental sexual experiences even with the one person you know yeah where it's new and it's intense and you can mm-hmm. there's an infinite number of things you can potentially try and you don't have to go crazy and hang from the ceiling you know this can just be power play role play that can be really healthy and if people are looking have no experience of that and want to get into it or read about it um the, i think the book uh, snm 101 by jay wiseman is a really good primer as the mm-hmm. americans say um just to outline like what people get out of it and how it actually is psychological and it's not really about like outfits or you know all that's yeah. just like the paraphernalia mm-hmm. it's, it's much more about the headspace but that can be a way to 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 get those unhealthy needs met with without being unhealthy as a person maybe it's just a thought but uh, yeah yeah absolutely um yeah one of the most intense times of my life was in that weird cycle where it was like it wasn't even just doing mdma in in someone's house you know with a bunch of strangers it was like a bunch of like good looking strangers and then we would all hook up while on mdma or which sounds brilliant frankly. which sounds brilliant it was fucking brilliant it was great well, I've, I've had like the um i mean obviously literal mdma hangover is a thing where people oh, yeah. get depleted yeah. of everything they need but le- happy, i think less so with like pills are worse in the sense of mm-hmm. historically in ireland you take the pill the yeah. next day always felt worse than mdma which was like a mm-hmm. i'm still not sure why but it's obviously due to whatever else they cut it with yeah. and yeah. i don't know what that might tend to really be i've had pills as well as mdma of course and but by, 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 we should say that means for americans that's molly basically mdma is molly yeah. pills is like ecstasy Ex- yeah. yeah but the active ingredient is the same thing as far as i know yeah theoretically mm-hmm. yeah theoretically if, if it's pure like but you know the expectation is that pills and ecstasy are caught with other stuff and that's tragically with everything now that's the expectation like if yeah. you're going to buy something oh, yeah. from the dark web unless you're testing it pff, you know how the hell do you know what you're ever taking it's a big industry of these designer analogs mm-hmm. that are still legal because yeah, it's yeah. just a, an altered form of the molecule that just hasn't yet cut, cut you know legislation hasn't yet caught up to make it illegal and there's all sorts of websites for things like that so it's surprising what you can get from those websites like i haven't actually you know mm. bought anything myself although i, I really want to try like um some ketamine analogs and stuff just not even necessarily in a recreational way but just um for supposed uh I don't know if you've heard about like the clinical therapeutic yeah, use of things yeah. like ketamine. Yeah, it's like an antidepressant stuff like that. Supposedly the effects are very, very good and there's yeah. little to no downside side effects. Yeah. Like, which, you know, brings us to like with SSRIs maybe, yeah. antidepressants, which can be a big factor um, in how your relationship is with a partner, how your love life, sex life yeah. is as well. 100%, yeah. Um, like I've... I've not been on SSRIs myself, although the longer time goes on, the more I learn about them, the more I think hmm, maybe I should try them. And if you're not familiar, SSRIs are, will be things like Prozac. So there's yeah. selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're not the first generation of, of antidepressants, but they're, they're kind of the current uh, generation that supposedly selectively per- keep serotonin between the, the synapses. Uh, so ensuring that it's not reabsorbed as quickly. We not get to go too into it. We know that that's actually not the mechanism by which they improve mood because that goes away 
away very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the, the the effect is not immediate, and yeah. yet the, and yet the, the serotonin effect yeah. in the brain should be immediate. But the actual outcome in people's mood and yeah. affect and stuff like that is a and the, and the, the synapses habituate to having all that serotonin. They, mm -hmm. they stop absorbing as much. Receptors spring up and die off like like plants. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, And they, and if you have a bunch of serotonin sitting in your in your uh, the synaptic cavity, uh, you you lose the receptors. So right. so actually, it doesn't work by giving you more serotonin. But we don't really know how it works if if indeed they they do work a lot of it could be placebo as well yeah yeah mm. yeah i'd love to get way more into all that stuff yeah, but yeah. then i'm going to stray away from the like love and relationships <laughs> topic too much but uh, i will say that um science is really hard which is an obvious thing to say yeah. but when it comes to the effect of a substance even in an animal model having worked in wet lab stuff in college yeah there's so many confidence so if you read a study you know in mice that yeah because a lot of the argument for say mm -hmm. SSRIs confound confounds me confounding factors things that yeah. confuse whether we know the truth or not yeah, yeah. measuring those the, the, the behavioral differences they're measuring are really small and the yeah. way that those animals are treated generally massively impacts their behavior yeah so and that's not usually taken into account properly in the experimental it certainly wasn't when I was studying uh, they were all in the fucking cupboard basically the mice yeah. gone crazy so uh, so no results from those studies were, were relevant and that's a lot of sciences like that so I'm not telling people not to take SSRIs but the evidence is extremely mixed for their efficacy. There's just a lot of ways you can approach these things and, and it's surprising the amount of different things that like quote unquote cure people's depression and yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. it, it, in some cases it can actually be the thing I was talking about where guys get on TRT mm -hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, I feel better now compared to maybe I was like yeah. kind of depressed before. But depressed is just a word and antidepressants is just a word. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really convey what might be going on with somebody because some yeah. people's depression can be like low energy, maybe lack of like dopaminergic yeah. function. Mm -hmm. And then some people's depression can be like on that like anxiety, yeah. depression. Extreme axis. dysphoria, feeling awful, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Some people's rise are perfect. And, and the main reason, as, like I definitely, as I said, I went through a period, maybe less so nowadays, but definitely went through a period of thinking, ah, oh, I think I'm like, bit less happy than I should be or used to be or whatever mm -hmm. and I think maybe it would be like really good for my brain to try SSRIs and stuff mm -hmm. never did yet mainly because I just don't want it to like take longer for me to come Literally, <laughs> it already <laughs> takes a long time any longer she'd uh, die all day <laughs> oh my god like I I went on uh, antidepressants for a week um yeah. and it was actually I went on them because I had taken to too much uh, MDMA and I had no serotonin. Right, right. <laughs> Downregulated and depleted. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I went on. I thought it would be a good idea to go on antidepressants because I felt nothing. And this is yeah. the thing that people don't talk about when you have no. I don't know. If you sometimes if you take too many of those drugs, um, it, the depression that you feel is not even like I feel sad. You it's feel. A flat line. You feel nothing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely that's, nothing. That's more like what you would refer to as anhedonia. I guess it's like, mm. yeah, okay, I'm not miserable. I'm not necessarily like jumping off a bridge, mm -hmm. but I'm just I'm not enjoying stuff I should be enjoying. Like, yeah. and that can apply to you know in my case, when I had those period, there mainly that one period. I would say it also applied to things like love and sex. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's like, yeah, I'm still I'm still into it, but it's like, why why am I like just as psyched as yeah. I was on yeah. these things in life, this aspect of life. Mm -hmm. I also was on antidepressants and actually mm -hmm. for several months and, yeah. um, and like just SSRIs like, like just SSRIs yeah. I think it was Fluoxetine I think it was Pro oh, yeah. Prozac in other words and um, it was because I had a, a very 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 bad breakup started going things going bad in college I ended up dropping out for a few months and I had a horrible experience which is that I developed basically anhedonia so I realised oh. mm -hmm. I remember very viscerally sitting on a bus and going 
I don't feel anything and I haven't well, felt anything for weeks. Yeah. The thing, I don't know if like the way that the treatments are uh, prescribed and stuff have caught up yet to, to like to this extent, but I think in a lot of people, um, SSRIs, like increasing your serotonin and just doing that is to a certain extent anti-dopaminergic. Mm-hmm. and like dopaminergic things are actually what allow us to feel psyched and excited yeah, yeah. anticipating and, and like kind of sense enjoyment from stuff yeah. which yeah. and it's that's huge for love limerence and libido yeah mm-hmm. that's what it's all about like yeah okay you do need like your serotonin to like have like a sense of well-being and not too much anxiety and stuff that's mm-hmm. obviously it's always a factor these things are so such a complicated interconnected web with yeah. these things like you can never say oh this one thing is required for this and but yeah i mean the, i think the anti <laughs> uh, anyway the anti-dopaminergic effect of serotonergic antidepressants are what cause people as far as i understand mm-hmm. to like just lose their libido mm-hmm. take forever to come if at all mm-hmm. and yeah. so as as much as i might in some ways benefit like i don't have anxiety or major depression but i, I felt like at a certain point i was thinking oh maybe i'd benefit from like just going to get on some ssris but i was like I just can't do it. Like it, it takes me too long to come already. And, like, <laughs> I just can't go there. Um, I, just, I just felt like a completely different person. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't having any creative ideas. I wasn't doing anything yeah. interesting. Yeah. I wasn't. This, this, this is like classic, like the anti-dopaminergic effect, because these are all the things if people go on Parkinson's rugs, mm-hmm. those are the things they do get. Yeah. They can get like, oh, I got a lot of creativity, like anticipation for things. In some cases it can contribute to like addiction, which is like a net real drawback you have like an addictive tendency towards something any dopaminergic drug like parkinson's drug at a certain point when i was using certain hormones the recommended bro science at the time (laughs) was to concurrently take this uh drug called cabergolin uh also called dostinex is like brand name but anyway cabergolin is like proper name which is like uh it's like l-dopa it's like a dopaminergic right like if anyone's seen the movie awakenings where robin williams gives all these patients that had yeah it's a story true story in the 1930s uh oliver Sacks, he ended up treating these patients who went through the the great flu um of of that period and and had uh, locked in syndrome where they were oh you can't move yeah well they they actually could move but they move very very slowly so he noticed that that everyone thought that they were essentially like just frozen but he noticed that they some of them would walk like it would take a day to cross the room so he put to he read some early paper on l-dopa this dopaminergic thing and he was like what's the difference got permission whatever gave one of them um i think it's played by um robert de niro's character this and suddenly comes alive Mm -hmm. and then gives them all and they had this brief period of awakening and then they gradually because what had happened was that Oh, oh it stopped working for them. It wasn't a neurotransmitter issue, but it, 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 some oh. organ in the brain that responds to dopamine had yeah. massively been been shrunken and damaged. Mm-hmm. So they were right. they just became these kind of shriveled seeds, and he kind of watered them with L-dopa and they became people again for oh, a yeah, while. Okay. And then tr- really tragically, one well, by one, they stopped was it responding. Just their condition was just degenerative, anyway, or it was literally. Uh, that's how the mechanism it, of the drug it, it was the, yeah the, they habituated to the to the drug basically okay. yeah, so I mean, it that, fixed that, them completely and then they went back that, that's you know like what we were talking about like a lot of these things like your 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 you know really psyched phase in in a new love um you even with libido like the, the boundaries of what like are exciting and arousing to you can can become less effective as you're desensitized over time yeah. but what um, but what happened to you with this l-dopa like drug yeah so like i said i was on one of the really shitty synthetic really terrible uh hormones for a while again back this was years ago back when um 
I just didn't know any better and I, I listened to the bro science where they're like oh yeah to like counteract the side effects of this bad hormone you gotta take this uh, dopaminergic drug cabergolin and it'll like it'll fix everything and it's like it actually just compounds the negative things because like it gives you more dopamine you're more stimulated you're because the hormone I was taking makes you supposedly have difficulty sleeping uh, this then this like cabergolin dopaminergic drug like makes you even less able to sleep because you're more stimulated because you know you've got dopamine and adrenaline is made from dopamine and it does increase your libido uh it, it, incre- it, it increases your dopamine in a really insidious like way that creeps up on you and like suddenly everything every like compulsive tendency you have is just a little bit stronger oh, and without you realizing because i just didn't understand how these things worked back then so i was like i became really dissatisfied i was like cra- i was always craving something i was like it just felt like what i wanted i never had mm. and uh so it affected things like my relationship i always I, you know became dissatisfied and through zero fault of my partner who was amazing um like i just started to become really dissatisfied i was just like oh i was i'd be thinking to myself something along the lines of like oh, our sex life isn't really you know what it should be or could be mm-hmm. um or like i feel really like i don't feel connected to them um because i'd probably at the same time crush my like serotonin and other nice things like that uh, that make you feel like connected to people mm-hmm. um and yeah it made me just really i don't know i like lost weight i i in a, in a kind of unhealthy way my life just became this like kind of uh very driven but not happy it's it's probably like same thing as microdosing cocaine for like several months on so you were heading towards finance that's what <laughs> yeah, I was just yeah. so i almost became almost became a chartered accountant <laughs> um if i just stuck at it a bit longer yeah unfortunately i'm a quitter so i realized what was going on and like stopped and i was like oh my god what was i doing i, I felt really terrible afterward that that was one of the things about it as well it was like afterward just looking back on myself i was kind of like ah oh, now I just feel sh- like a shitty person, like because I just kind of lived like an asshole for a while, like like didn't do anything in crazy, but I was just like a slight worse version of myself for a while, and affected the relationship a lot. Now the relationship never really recovered, blah blah blah. So it's powerful stuff, like um, drugs like that. That's like more of a long acting one that you you end up taking over weeks or months, mm-hmm. but like the short acting version of a dopaminergic drug are these narcotics, like cocaine obviously or like the drug that like what is it one in three americans are on which is like some some form of adhd medication oh yeah, yeah. so adderall yeah yeah adderall yeah. or there's a yeah. whole variety i would of love to try adderall <laughs> i just want to see it's i mean it's effectively very it's like microdosing meth it's like low dose meth probably more than a microdose but it, yeah. it's the same it's amphetamine and i took speed uh, once and it was it was I, I actually had a really good time. That oh. was another time that like that, that's the problem yeah. with these things. They they literally feel good. Like and you we were yeah. you were saying about the people doing meth and then going off into bedrooms. Like the 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 time yeah. I I did speed. I like I, that night I hooked up with someone that I fancied for ages and it was okay. brilliant. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, set and setting. If it's yeah. the right person, the right time, something you want, then it's great. But everyone else was hanging out of their arse the next day. Like worst <laughs> come down ever. And yeah. I was in a little like love bubble yeah, like the next yeah. day which, which kind of like smooth well you also kept doing more speed so <laughs> no, <laughs> never kidding. again I'm kidding, I'm kidding. that was the weirdest thing when we all took it so it wasn't um we didn't know it was speed we went what, what's in speed like obviously there's some type of amphetamine right speed is is, is is uh dexedrine isn't it it's just methamphetamine it's like pure methamphetamine so dex methamphetamine or dex 
Okay, yeah, it's Dec- a type of yeah. amphetamine. It's a yeah, type yeah, of yeah, yeah. not the L type or the D type. Anyway, that's deeper than I know. Yeah, sorry, yeah. we're getting too nerdy about it. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, as far as I know, it's it, I mean, it's literally what was used by the Nazis to make the soldiers continue to march, yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. It's it's and also by the Americans with the mm-hmm. with the fighter jet pilots in the early days of, of that. Yeah, so it, it's it's oh, not just a love drug at all. No, like no, it de- no. it depends depends what your, your intention is, I guess, with these things. But these drugs can really contribute to people's feelings of like attraction and, and being well, psyched on each other. This is the thing, like we all took it. Um, we got off a rickshaw driver. We were looking for drugs that night and uh, we took it and thought it was pills. No, it wasn't because uh, <laughs> yeah, immediately yeah. it was the weirdest thing. We all came up basically at the same time and hit the floor. All of us hit the ground and we just wriggled on the floor for like an hour. Uh what the fuck was that? I've never heard of it. This is shocking to me. That? Yeah, we were just, for some reason, gravity got very strong and we just couldn't stay, like, vertical. Um, and then, and then we, like, eventually, like, rose up again and just kind of, like, ran around in circles for, like, five hours in the kitchen. This sounds horrible. It was, it was awful. It only, the only reason why this is a nice story is because I hooked up with that guy that I liked. That sounds like a religious experience jesus yeah, yeah it was funny um, yeah, i'm not sure if i want to join that religion hours, but I hooked up with a hot <laughs> anyway yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that i got out of that scene and then yeah yeah, yeah like th- th- those drugs are I, I think they're kind of bad news unfortunately yeah. i'm not i'm not anti-drug they're just just completely different types they just do such completely completely well, different things my, my worry that like I don't, you don't want to be reductive with this stuff but there's been this huge sort of experiment for the past few decades in america with tens hundreds of millions of people taking adhd medication yeah. I, I have a story actually about like hooking up with a girl who was like a real i guess she was a real adderall head yeah yeah and what was what was what was her behavior like as far as i could tell she was fairly like her lifestyle was like very much making sex a priority i guess you'd say maybe kind of Eh, insatiable maybe I, I don't know like i don't mean that in a negative way like i and even say making sex priority your life i don't uh, in your life i don't mean that's, that's negative either but she yeah it was like um she was like in an open marriage and i found that out when i turned up to the date with her and stuff okay but she did tell you on the first day she told me on the first date and i was like oh okay the husband was there as well no no it, shaking hands. It, it got really funny though because so she told me on the first date that like she was in an open marriage and stuff like that, but she was really nice and I liked her and I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, it was it was new for me, like, but I, I was like, I guess I don't, I guess it doesn't matter to me, like, you know, everybody's consenting to everything, so whatever. Um, and ended up going back to hers and yeah, it just came up that she was like, she always took like um, ADHD amphetamines like Adderall it was a different brand name but she always took those for her like study and obviously for ADHD and stuff but it might have contributed a bit to the fact that she was like really like you know her her marriage was an open marriage because she really just wanted and needed to be able to hook up with lots of other people and stuff which I guess that's the whole point of an open marriage I think people who have I mean like to what extent ADHD is a set of symptoms versus an actual disorder yeah i i I agree with the set of observable symptoms thing and there can be many different there could be any real reason for it. there could be a million causes similar observable but hypersexuality is is a big a big symptom and Mm -hmm. like i i would definitely say that there's a very good chance that i have adhd and i've 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 known people who were diagnosed and 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 
yeah that, that kind of hypersexuality can't be part of it so so yeah. then you're only going to antagonize that by, by taking this dopamine yeah. stimulant. yeah i mean so. yeah, the more dopamine you have from whatever drug you're taking the more desire you're going to have for whatever it is you desire and if your desire tends toward sex then you're going to have a lot more desire for sex and and yeah she did it, it was yeah. <laughs> he yeah. says wistfully yeah, you're, half, half, you're half the man you were before like. so it was really funny the way that went like we yeah we did we did hook up that on that date and stuff and i stayed in hers and, Wait, um, you stayed in hers? Did she live with her husband? She did, but this this is really funny, right? The, <laughs> this sounds like such an absolute like stereotype of a story. The husband was in Afghanistan, not as a soldier, oh, okay. not as a soldier. For, for yeah, a we have an open marriage. Like he might not come back. No, so as far as I'm concerned, so, well, this, this is where it gets interesting. Like they genuinely did have super, super, super open marriage because after I'd hooked up with her first time. I think the next morning we were like watching like her wedding videos in her in her living room and stuff. Wait, was, what, why would that be what you did the next day? Because it wasn't weird. It was like she was just oh, no, talking no. about it. it. That is weird. <laughs> okay, no. In retrospect, that's why I tell this. That's why I tell this detail as part of the story. It's like because it's really funny. But like, actually. how did that? She was like, do you know what? Let's let's watch her my wedding well, video. It, it just came up because uh, like we're both like I've I've been married. And I think it just came up something about we're talking about marriages and stuff like that and it just came up and like weddings and stuff and she was like, Oh yeah, and we had this wedding here and it was really nice and she ended up just showing me like she was a big talker. Yeah. So it was once she got on a topic, Another it was like she something. was talking and you're just kinda <laughs> yeah. along for the ride, like yeah. so quite literally. Um uh, but, here's my dark question to you, which you don't have to answer. Right. She's playing her wedding video did you bone while the video was on? No, absolutely no. No, so the, the, the more the more details came up about the more I would see the realities of her having the husband and stuff, yeah. the more I was just like, oh, I'm just not into this. Yeah. Um, I it, For me, I don't know. It just, I don't, not in a judgmental way at all. It's totally fine. They seem like amazing people. They really do. And I'd love to have been able to stick around and, and spend more time with them and stuff. But... I just it's it kind of stopped working for me as soon as like the husband thing became a big mm-hmm. like mental thing f- yeah yeah exactly so you you met the husband so he he ended up adding me on instagram and messaging me and stuff and of course naturally as like uh i don't know like I'm, I'm, maybe i'm just not liberated enough but in my initial reaction was just like oh shit he's he's adding me and messaging me yeah yeah <laughs> no but like you know I, I knew that they had the open marriage so i knew that he knew but for some reason i still had this like instinctual reaction when he added me and first messaged me to be like oh shit what's he gonna say did i do, <laughs> did I do something wrong but he was actually like he was like oh you know she really connected with you in a, in a way that she like just doesn't easily connect with the people and she really wants to see you again i'd love if you like saw her again he was really trying to egg me on to like meet up with her again um and i did once but I was just like, do you think I, there was a slight? Wanna... I don't want to be getting too pervy here, but was that is there kind of a cook element Maybe, there? Maybe yeah. because I yeah, like they. I think at one point she was saying he was asking for us to like film something for her okay no that's, i don't think there's a maybe there that's he a, was never there yeah. I, yeah and again i I'm, I, that's this is helps me realize i'm just like real vanilla actually uh <laughs> i don't think you have to be real vanilla to not want to be someone's bull in yeah, a, in a yeah, situation. yeah yeah he's a lovely guy super intelligent and very emotionally intelligent guy not just some like weird perv at all like mm-hmm. very successful not just <laughs> <laughs> yeah also weird perv. <laughs> <laughs> so much more. Um, Should have like, dated him. You just sound 
like you're mad into this. <laughs> yeah, definitely not my type. I, I, I've yet to find a guy who's my type. There, there's someone out there. Someone yeah, for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he seems like a lovely, really, you know, he seems like a lovely guy. Oh, that's like good. Because, really you, you know, you do assume, especially with that kind of dynamic, that maybe there's a darkness to it. But No, honestly, they're like, they're just so open um they seem like really good people and like the work their jobs i won't like reveal who they are or the jobs that they it's do the obamas seem... <laughs> michelle and Barack Obama. <laughs> he was away in afghanistan monitoring the war oh god i'm on a list now already. <laughs> um they're listening in like even before this broadcast oh michelle uh, that guy that you yeah like. yeah <laughs> so if i if i like kill myself in the next few days yeah before this airs, you know what really happens yeah yeah, so long as we, as long as we don't say I like banged one of the Clintons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was I at a sex party with the Clintons on this island, and uh, <laughs> you know I just want to kill myself now. Um, yeah, I mean that was just one anecdote I thought I think is relevant because she was like super, just a very horny person, and also had like the ADHD drugs, the dopaminergic amphetamines, and stuff. I, got, mm-hmm. I gotta get me some of that shit. <laughs> I know, but I was thinking actually the opposite, like you know, because it's supposed to help your ADHD, it's supposed to yeah. cure it. Yeah. I'm like, if Garrett's ADHD ever got cured, this podcast is over. Like, just to shut it down. <laughs> He's not a sexual person anymore. He's oh, on God. some lovely SSRIs. He hasn't I, come. I don't, e- I don't ever. feel the need, Nicole, to yeah. express my penis. <laughs> I I dated someone before that was on antidepressants and she had no uh, sex drive mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. and it was just it's a common side effect with the serotonergic yeah. ones anyway but there is also like uh, Welbutrin bupropion propion which is a dopaminergic antidepressant which can be that can be the one for some people I'd imagine they're well reluctant to prescribe that though uh, yeah they don't prescribe it in Ireland only for like uh, temporary smoking cessation reasons there's, there's a thing with doctors where they, they just associate because of the opioid crisis they, anything dopaminergic with addiction and that's you know it's, it's a real thing but you can be addicted to all of these things like we were talking yeah, about so. yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think it's like the potential for harm can be greater mm-hmm. with a drug that gives people more energy yeah. whereas a drug that is like gives can kind of give you less energy it's just a safer bet it's easier to manage it's, it's one of those things where they, they talk about it uh, the, the way that they medicate people isn't for the benefit of the patient mm-hmm. it's just to make everything easy for everyone else the chemical mm-hmm. cash there, there's there's some truth to that yeah. I think people go like pretty overboard with their like uh, conspiracies about the pharma industry and stuff like that but there's probably some truth to the fact that the way they prescribe things like SSRIs can be a little bit in in the more in the interest of wider society it's it's inarguable adhd medications for example they're prescribed because of classroom behavior that's it that's the number one reason people get them the rest of the class can learn more now yeah Yeah, exactly he's quiet now now that he's counting his hairs like on his on his eyelashes you know whatever (laughs) it is total silence and And focus ssris they really do i mean for me like the the week that i was on him i just was like uh, underwater you know i was just kind of like yeah yeah and then i like i tried to to masturbate and i couldn't it really freaked me out and i just just immediately stopped we never got to this but uh, to go back to weed like um, i've found in recent years because I use weed as I mentioned on the podcast to sleep yeah. effectively every night but I've found it's it's actually like 
massively increase my libido which really? is not a common side effect but do you, do you find that that varies at all depending on which type of weed you have like the real yeah. like thc based the problem is like you, you, you never really know right. especially mm-hmm. where it's illegal okay. like here and in germany it, yeah. so but yeah it definitely depends on the weed but but it, it does take me much longer to come mm-hmm. and it can be um, not to be not to gross everyone out plug your ears if you don't want to hear about this but <laughs> if i'm if i if it's not sex if like i jerking off because nicole's asleep or whatever uh the only time she wouldn't fuck now uh, <laughs> but that that can be a real problem because I could be spending like 40 minutes trying to get off to try to sleep and you your know? mind's just going no my mind's astral. not going anywhere I'm no? just, I just can't get there I just can't F- get physically the, yeah the nerves just yeah, aren't just like happen. yeah so like my understanding from from a little bit I've learned about weed I'm not much of a weed guy I've tried weed it's like yeah it's okay I think maybe maybe it's not my thing I'm more interested in other mm-hmm. like substances maybe for like their therapeutic use as opposed to recreational stuff like that but my understanding what i've learned about weed is it can be kind of anti-dopaminergic for the user and increases prolactin which has like an antagonistic relationship with dopamine which can make it harder to come Um, but weed has like a lot of noise effects of course as well but it does i mean it is like an actual um uh, uh, aphrodisiac as well like it makes me really horny which doesn't make any sense to me it, it might it might like uh, agonize things like GABA receptors yeah, and stuff yeah. like that which can be c- quite an aphrodisiac yeah. like there's never one thing responsible for this stuff unfortunately it's so yeah. complicated to figure out but yeah it probably it probably because I mean sex on on weed can be pretty cool it's just like really hard to finish though yeah uh, but it's, <laughs> but it's nice. worth it's worth it all the same try, yeah. try, try it you might like it this is not medical advice yeah, um, yeah, yeah. not but medical advice listen uh, we, we could keep talking here for ages but we have to wrap it up for time yes. we gotta we gotta yeah. run in, in into town and have lunch with my mum okay so. <laughs> excellent a nice dessert to this absolutely filthy um, breakfast uh, is, very informative is there anything that you'd like to to, to turn people onto a website or a product or, or a service or a piece of media or entertainment or um I would say if if there's anything you would like to do to maybe like modulate or take control of your um, just how you are in your relationships and, and your libido, just check out like examine.com. Like check out like and literally it's not all about drugs. Of course, this episode topic was because it's an interesting topic, but those probably shouldn't be the first thing you reach for. Lifestyle changes, diet changes uh, and then therapy beyond diet yeah therapy supplements and then maybe if needed drugs can can have a really profound effect yeah. on your relationship your your like feelings of love uh and, and your libido yeah. so just uh, I, I think examine.com is a really good starting point and like healthline's a good website yeah. just type in stuff you're interested you're like how can i come faster how can i come slower <laughs> whatever whatever you want or, to learn or as our friend shane once said uh, big comes he takes zinc uh, for the oh yeah oh, big nice. comes. right <laughs> Yeah, other than that, I think those are like the main, like kind of mainstream websites I, I would plug. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you okay. so much for coming on the show, man. It's been amazing. Yes. Like we say, um, you can you can uh, you can find our stuff on Instagram, on Discord. All the links are on the link tree, and if you just search link tree and everybody wants to love you, it'll come straight up. So. Yes, and also we're still uh, want to be agony ants like really badly. Really so badly. Send us your problems. DM us e- anything. Ideally, if you want to send something to everybody wants to love pod at gmail.com, like a little sound clip with a question any reasonable convincing question we'll read out and we would love to answer because mm-hmm. that's why we started the show yeah or voice notice in our dms on instagram love you pod absolutely yeah all right everybody all right. wants to love you everybody wants to love you and you know there is something very important that we need to do as soon as possible <laughs> <laughs>
question. Fuck. Well, I ask a psychopath, I get that kind of an answer.